It's oh so quiet. It's oh so quiet. I never know what our next word is. Can't be quiet because that'd be bad. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Morning. If you're listening, enjoy. <laughs> um, thank you for that. I think that's one of my finest moments uh, from lovely Shelley Silver. We're getting post in sort of spurts. It's spurting through the uh, letterbox. How is everyone? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Edward Bevington. Good morning. Seriously. Hello. How are you? It's Saturday. It's sunny. It's sunny, which I despise, but also quite like because it's freezing. Freezing. It was the first morning I got in the car. I had to do the old stumble around and fumble around for a one of those sort of like a card. So I found an old bent nectar card to take the ice off. Who likes icing a windscreen? I love icing a windscreen. I just love it. I love it. She's never here. She's never on this. Um, I love doing it. I love it. Obviously, there's no curly cooks today. All sorts of scheduling clashes and uh, filming commitments and all sorts of stuff. But um, you've got lots of treats coming later in their stead. Straight after this, in fact, you've got something. Five, oh, my God, Gabrielle. Five days until Vlogmas. <laughs> yeah, ice. We had ice, Steph, Steph Schultz. Ellen, you hate it, use a spray. I love the satisfaction of, of just kind of chiseling away. Chiseling away, and then you get a little square, don't you, that you poke your eyes through. Um, so, yeah. Oh, Julie, I haven't yet. No, haven't. I'd love a Cornish spoon. Haven't received a Cornish spoon yet, but we have had a few bits and bobs. Had a few cards. Um, and there's a, there's a, a little parcel over there. I think we're probably going to get more today. Um, Sam Address, thank you to whoever gave me the sub. That was probably Stacey Randall yesterday or Christopher. Um, so good morning, Carol Naismith. Do you do you not mean de-icing? What did I call it? Icing. I'd like to ice up a car. And it was wondrous because as the condensation spread, it created the pattern of two angels' wings. I'm not joking you. I had a heavenly experience just defrosting. No, de-icing. I see what you mean. That's why I said defrosting. You defrost a fridge. Don't you? Ugh. Fridges, man. Can't live with them. Can't live in them. Um, so how are we all? How, how are you, Zoe? I hope you're well, darling. Um, I hope everyone's good. I've got, I'm, we're in this lovely place here. Look at that shard of Chardon, Chardon, Chardon. Uh, Natasha Milton, hope you're well. God, I sure don't miss that. What, the frosty, frosty, icy stuff? I'm, I swear to God, I saw Frosty the Snowman running out of the drive. I did. He's blowing his nose. Okay, shall we have a look at the papers? <laughs> so, interestingly, obviously, um, you will know that uh, because we have a pause in the hostilities, it doesn't mean that there's a pause in the conflict or the awful, awful situation that's happening in Palestine. But let's talk about the really important news, um, which is on the front of most of the papers. I have to confess, I was really surprised that the Daily Mail didn't feature it at all. I mean, at all. Um, so war is paused whilst 24 hostages are freed. Um, in fact, the news has just broken that 14 more hostages are being exchanged today, I think for 40-something Palestinian. Um, 
I, I mean, essentially, they're calling them Palestinian prisoners, but I, I would call them Palestinian hostages. It's a matter of perspective. Most of them are children and, and women, and they've sort of been taken in for throwing stones in some instances. So, um, but anyway, war is paused while 24 hostages are freed. And this is fantastic. Um, this woman on the front here, woman being freed by Hamas. Um, as I say, 13 Israelis. Um, the Thai government, talk about proactive. The Thai government got in touch with, I think they liaised with Iran um, to free the Thai nationals. I think there were 13 Thai nationals who were also taken hostage. Um, Julie, that's so cool. We'll be published on the first time. Creative Writing Heels. Fantastic news, Julie. Just check that out. Mark, I have some good news. A book that my story is going to be in will be published. Let us know when it is. That's exciting, exciting. Um, 39 Palestinian prisoners were released, uh, or as I say, hostages were released yesterday by Israel at the start of this four day. Now, this lady here, I've been watching some of the footage and obviously, you know, it's it's incredibly emo emotive stuff, isn't it? I mean, you know, forget, let's just park completely to the side, the broader sort of more, more overarching political, you know, historical and everything. What a moment for the families of these relatives. That woman there, bless her, she looks like my nan. She made me think of my nan and or my mum even now. And I just thought, you know, look at her, no nonsense. What, you know, I think that the news is that they've all been kept in good health. Um, they're all well. Um, but they're all freed. And, and you know, there's no sort of, uh, <laughs> there's no escape from the fact that regardless of how well they've been treated, that, that, that will mean nothing to the families whilst they've been waiting for them. And of course, there'll be huge relief for those families that have received them, their family members. And there'll be huge sort of continuing agony for those who are about to receive them. Um, so here we go. Another photograph here. Grands, mums and kids out. We have Karen, Ohad and Rut Munda were among the 13 released, top left there. Uh, Mum and daughter, Danielle, uh, Danielle Aloni and six-year-old Amelia. Uh, they were held for 48 days on, on the top right there. Um, again, you've got uh, actual Hamas soldiers here in uniform, which is a, a sort of, I, I presume, I, I'd have thought, you know, the in uniform thing will be a challenge to, to, to Israel, I'd have thought. Um, and here they are sort of escorting them out of the cars. Um, the, I, <laughs> It's really hard not to sort of, here's a photograph. Um, it's quite one of those sort of really quite haunting images, isn't it? Karen Munda, who we've seen in one of the previous images, and her son, Ohad, among the first Israeli hostages to be freed. This is on the front of the Daily Telegraph. Um, and uh, a, a sort of curious kind of contrast between um, the absolute, as it should be, sort of joy, relief, um, satisfaction, um, ability to, in a sense, celebrate, reunite, cherish this moment on the uh, for the Israeli hostages who were released, and a sort of curious contrast with sort of news stories coming through that um, apparently many of the Palestinian hostages who were who were released in exchange um, weren't allowed to celebrate, and they had armed guards actually put on many of their homes or houses where they returned to if they had a home to return to. Um, I think in the West Bank, um, and also they were they were prevented from curious details like you're not allowed to give candy or sweets to the kids. It's sort of curiously sort of mean. It felt that side of it because you'd have thought for both sides, regardless of what we think of Israel, regardless of what we think of Hamas and the Palestinians, you know, you know, surely this is a moment for any human family member to enjoy in whatever their way they want to the return of their family members. And so I, I, it was just a contrast that was kind of creeping through yesterday. I sort of there was a, an obvious joy. And I'd have thought that, you know, the joy could have been allowed almost a bit like the moment in World War One when both sides, both combatants got onto the 
football pitch and played football? Can there not just be a moment where even Palestinians are allowed to be gleeful and happy about being reunited with their families, just as the Israelis absolutely are allowed to and should be gleeful that they've received the hostages? I just these kind of these kind of imbalances are just for me little low key but massive kind of reminders of an overarching inequality in the whole situation. So I just think it's, it's just, it was just curious. It's just curious seeing that come through. Um, this is a curious story. Uh, this is comic relief chief quits over Gaza stance. This is, um, comic relief has been plunged into crisis. This is the front of the Telegraph. Eric Salama has quit his position after he said, comic relief's management took an approach to an issue which I thought was profoundly wrong and which I could not live with. Which of course leads you to think, my God, what the hell have comic relief said to lead to him wanting to, you know, quit uh, from the organisation. And essentially, um, the stance of the board was calling for a ceasefire. <sighs> um, I just find that quite shocking. And I think what's quite odd about this story is that he's the head of comic relief. It's a little bit like me not understanding how Keir Starmer can't call for a ceasefire, given his, his sort of human rights credentials, it just struck me as bizarre that actually the head of Comic Relief, all about, um, you know, you know, charity and non-political charity, not taking a stance, you know, again, sort of taking a position that essentially politicizes or weaponizes the calling of a ceasefire. Uh, a Weekly Rushes is landing later today, and it's all about the uh, Hollywood sort of schism, if you like, between pro-Palestine and pro-Israel and a sort of the slightly McCarthyite kind of thing creeping in. I just found this quite, quite, quite odd. I, 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 again, so to call for a ceasefire is is still causing such, such upset. I'd have thought now that we've even got to the. I mean, you know, one of the big hopes, surely, out of this pause, is that it could evolve right into something more meaningful. I mean, surely, which isn't that kind of wanting a ceasefire? How can you, how can you not? I don't. I literally don't understand. Um, here's sort of further photographs of of some of the hostages that were released. Again, we have Karen and Ohad on the top left, uh, Ruth Amunda from the same family. Um, down the bottom there, we've got Hannah Katzir. I, I, had, I don't know why, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny when you see these things, there's always the human aspect of it all. Is like, I, I saw my nan and I saw my my mum. It was, it was an odd moment where actually the Hamas soldier kind of got her out of a truck. I don't know if you've seen the rushes. And, it was just so real and human. And I think it's easy to forget that we just hear about the violence and the horror and the hostility. There was something really warming about a hostage and, you know, being helped out of a car. One of them was being carried by a Hamas soldier. Um, and I don't know, there, it's those moments, none, none of this is about justifying any side or anything, but it was just those moments of human connection across borders where it, it reminded me, where it made me think at that moment when I saw that, I thought, oh my God, if only Israel and Palestine could actually sit down and go, do you know what? What we're going through and what our fears are, are something very similar here. Can we not connect? Can we not meet in a fair, equitable way? Which the important thing to remind you is prior to October the 7th, it wasn't. So, you know, I mean, it has to be different to the way it was before. Um, other bits around the edges of the conflict. David Cameron's doing his rounds. Civilian casualties too high, Cameron warns Israelis. A slight tightening, I think, of um, our government's uh, attitude. I think 
there's two things that's happening out, around this pause. I mean, there's some people suggesting the pause happened due to, I mean, people trying to connect it to Black Friday, is it? Or Black, whatever. I think that's, that's stretching the imagination a bit. Um, I think one of the things that's one of the things that's most concerning to me about the whole pause thing is the sense coming. Now, none of this has been verified because, of course, the thing about a whistleblower or leaks coming from government is that you know they they need to be kind of anonymous in a sense. But there's the suggestion in the what from coming from the White House that the one of the concerns and one of the delays in getting this hostage exchange secured, uh, and one of the sort of finer details in this was a concern from the White House. Around um, around the possibility of journalists of any form being able to get into Gaza and show uh, the scale of the damage, and I think there was a worry that the as I think the language is the optics won't look good on this. So you know I think it's really important to think about how is this conflict as we let's keep our fingers crossed that they don't return to war. Though everything Netanyahu is saying and everything Hamas is saying is no, we are. Um, but wouldn't it be you know we need sort of objective boots on the ground to look at what's happened. I mean, unfortunately, regardless of what Israel says, you've got to, you know, each side is trying to deny deny the accusation of awful behaviour. So in that, of course, you can't entirely trust anything anyone's saying. So I think it's really important. So I think this language coming from Cameron is important. It's maybe behind the scenes, there's a bit more pressure being, being uh, you know, exerted to try and prolong this pause into something slightly more meaningful and hopefully uh you know everyone could have a, a, a you know breathe a sigh of some kind of relief although at the moment you know gazans are being told not to go back to the north uh, they're being shot at if they do um and there's nothing to go there's not a lot to go back to in the north um natasha milchin what's concerning me is the baby isn't among the hostages i fear the worst i'm pray i'm wrong yeah this is absolutely worrying yeah really really worrying uh, so very sad, all of it, Horizons now. I've not seen your name before. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. It, it is. Um, okay, well, we're going to move on from that now. Um, this is uh, a story that, excuse me, this is a story that broke yesterday whilst we were doing the quiz. This is um, uh, Oscar Pistorius, a.k.a. Blade Runner, um, obviously the athlete, Olympic athlete, who was found guilty of um, shooting, uh, you know, uh, shooting his girlfriend, um, Reva Steenkamp. Um, he had his parole. He was he's allowed to walk free in January. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there's further photos of him there. Um, he'll be able to leave. Uh, yes, 37 years old now. I think he'll have served 11 years by the time. Uh, he served more than half of his 13 year sentence, the trick, which is the trigger for early release. He's going to be released probably on January the 5th. Um, her mother gave a victim statement, didn't she? She said something along the lines of, she's not entirely convinced that he's managed his anger issues, da da da, da and, and that he may still be a threat, but that she but she didn't actually object to the freedom. I think I think there was an opportunity if she wanted to to say, don't free him, but she she sort of stepped back from actually saying that. Oh, let's have this comment here from Omar. Uh, apologies if I pronounce your name incorrectly, Omar Jan. Omajan Zadran, who's been in a humanitarian convoy of, of sorts, haven't you? You're at the Rafa border crossing now, uh, waiting to cross. Take care, guys. And thank you, Mark and Nadia, for thinking of us Palestinians as humans too, by far the fairest analysis today. It's, oh, mate, look, be careful, take care, and just, wow, what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. And just just keep us posted. I mean, have a look at that. Isn't that amazing? From the Rafa border, border, border itself. Um, 
do look after yourself. Um, it's not in the papers, Reese, but I'm going to plop it up now. Mark, do you have the story about Derek Chauvin, uh, George Floyd's murderer, being stabbed in prison and currently recovering in the hospital wing? No, I don't. It's not in the papers. It happened in overnight, didn't it? But I have seen that story. Um, yeah, this is the story that obviously the murderer of George Floyd, uh, who has been attacked um, in in prison. So, um, so yeah. Um, this this next story I want to home in on. This is less about the tabloid nature of the actual story. It's just, it's just, a, it's just another insight into the way the tabloids operate. So let's let's have a look at this. So this is around Strictly, bizarrely, Nigel and Katia's red hot rumba. Whew. So let's just hope the Strictly curse doesn't strike again. And I just find this, and this is in the mail. It's not just in the mail. It's in the mail. Um, it's in the mirror. And then they've published these photographs, which, which okay. So you know they're dancing. It's Strictly. Um, uh, thank you, Omar Jan. Yeah, you take care. Obviously, yeah, no, we realise internet is limited out there, isn't it? Um, so they're dancing, um, you know, intimate sort of clenches, clinches, the clinch, there's a clinch. But, you know, then they pop headlines like this. Um, let's hope Nigel's wife gets a really big Christmas. That's not very nice, is it? I mean... You know, regardless of, you know, I mean, easy to get a photograph when two people are dancing that looks like they're potentially, you know, very, very romantically involved and all that kind of stuff. But I felt really sorry for the young lady at the bottom, on the bottom right there, who's the, who's the wife. And it's just one of these things where the papers, that you know, they'll they'll get any kind of image and then they'll use any kind, you know, and the justification here could be one of two things. They might know something more, but they can't say it. Or more likely is is that they um, they know that the curse of Strictly is a is a thing, um, and uh, and it's easy to kind of fan the flames of that around some photographs that are quite that are quite sort of you know clinchy. It's always a clinch, isn't it? It's like Jada Pinkett Smith when she had a, a romantic entanglement. It's a clinch. Onto yeah, there we go. Onto other reality stuff. I, I thought this was an important piece. Charlene White, loose woman, lay off Nella. The abuse abuse thrown at black women is obscene. Now, you know, lots of people feeling that Nella Nella Rose is being a bit sort of you know a bit sort of what's the word snowflakey or a bit kind of whiny and a bit this that and the other generationally this generationally that. You know, one of the important things to say about these shows is you don't see everything. You know, you don't see the whole person. You're only going to get the bits. Um, you're going to you only get the bits that are kind of the most arresting or the most potentially watchable or are going to get the most viewers. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think Charlotte makes a really important point here because I think we're approaching the first eviction, aren't we? Or the first voting out. And I always get this really nervous feeling around the show that, that I don't want to sort of think it. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to feel it. That there is such a sort of, unfortunately, latent racism in, in the country. Uh, she's a YouTuber who's on I'm a Celebrity, Nella Rose. That, that, you know, that kind of swings things towards, unfortunately, her being the first contestant out. Will it be because she's black? Will it be because she's, um, you know, a different generation? It, I mean, lots of younger people do do win in this. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so, but I, and I think Charlene, of course, I think was Charlene one of the first ones voted out as well. So I think, you know, I think it's important to, talk, to name this. I think it's important to talk about it. Um, I just get nervous. I get I get nervous. Um, you know, I get that. Yeah. And can someone explain to me what's going on with Grace Dent? Why is she so unhappy? Reese Roberts, it's true, isn't it? Why did the black people get voted off the quickest? I mean, it's just, and I think black women are in a, I mean, I don't know how many there have, you know, have been across the entire series, but you know, it's, 
I don't know. It's just so disappointing, isn't it? Um, they seem to be getting on now, Mandy Nanny. Um, what's what's going on with Grace? Uh, it was great. Ellery Jones, yeah, you, you like Josie. I don't know. I, I've never known who Josie was, and she does this morning, doesn't she? Um, I think it would be because of her attitude, not her colour, Catherine Jones. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's the difficult thing, isn't it? Um, uh, racism is obviously a huge thing. Also possible to dislike a black person for no other reason than their personality. No, oh, no absolutely. I totally agree, Nicky Ball. Yeah, I, I don't think you can jump at it. It's just, I suppose it's just that, it's a feeling, isn't it? Sometimes it's a feeling. Um, Josie is going to be the winner, says Steph Short. Now, what's going on with Grace, though? She looks so upset and unhappy and almost like she's in shock. No? Not watching, can't watch Nigel Farage, says Della Nixon. Um, okay, well, uh, what have we got next? I don't know. This isn't a funny story, by the way, but um, I do find... Why do I find images of Rishi always amusing? I don't know. Neve, for me, the only time... Let me just pull that down for a second. For me, the only time she was questionable was with Fred. Everything else has been blown out of proportion. She hasn't been any different to any other campmate over the years. No. Yeah, Carol Naismith. Absolutely. Carol, thank you so much. You've, you've gifted some memberships. That's incredibly kind, Carol. Um, thank you. Um, ten of you, I think, are going to get uh, unexpected membership gifts. Grace Dent doesn't look well or happy, does she? She looks ill, says Nikki Bull. Sarah Withington, Grace is boring. Okay. Um... Yeah, uh, Becky Fithian, I think Fred could win. I think Fred could win, or or I think, um, God, what's his name? The Boxer. The Liver, is he Liverpudlian? I think the Boxer could. You know? Anyway, let's just go back to, what's that? Uh, Dr. Death, the Chancellor. Well, I mean, it, I, yeah. This is the discussion around um, one scientific advisor describing him in the COVID inquiry as Dr. Death, the Chancellor. This is the idea that eat out, eat out to buy out or buy out to eat out or, or get out to eat out um, basically caused the second, uh, the second sort of wave. Um, so basically it's his fault. But what, I mean, look at him. He doesn't know what's going on, does he? I've got a very funny one of him later. Got very, Sam Thompson has a chance to... Sam Thompson's sweet. His energy... I thought it was very sweet last night, the way he was asked to calm down, and he tried to. Um, Meg, front of the sun, nothing on the front of the sun about the hostages at all. Meg accuses two in Archie race round. Do you know what that... That's kind of like, instead of accuses one, Meg accuses one uh, in the Archie race round. Uh, Meghan Markle accused two people of discussing concerns about Sun Archie's skin cut. So we're going to have a whole second... Oh, Megan sort of story. This is another book that's being published. Um, this is uh, a new book. A new bombshell book is going to reveal that she uh, she apparently um, she brought up the comments. She sparked a race rap by alleging that an unnamed member of the royal family spoke about how dark his skin, Archie's sin was, skin was. But royal author Omid Scobie's book, Endgame, which is coming out, goes further and says that she, in private letters, wrote to the king complaining again about the treatment of her children. Don't you want to see your grandkids? Apparently, this is allegedly what Harry said to the king as the Sussexes were evicted from Frogmore. So, you know, there's going to be more of that. There's going to be more of that coming through. Oh, God. And she says quite sort of emphatically, which I'm sure many people are going to be like, she, she says, I never want to step set foot in the country again. So that's everywhere. Hugh Edwards, Hugh Edwards, it's confirmed, is not coming back to the BBC. Uh, newsreader to quit 
after the explicit photos allegations. Um, he's been given the findings of an inquiry into his alleged behaviour. Uh, he is now leaving the Beeb. Um, this is the story. I don't know if you remember. He's you know, allegedly paid lots and lots of money to younger people to send photos of them. Nothing, not necessarily illegal, but highly, highly unpleasant. Um, so, yeah, so Hugh Edwards isn't coming back. Chef who revived the Negroni. I saw this yesterday. Russell Norman, celebrity chef. I mean, he wasn't really a celebrity chef. Russell Norman has died at the age of 57. I very, very briefly uh, worked with him once. And um, wow, I mean, that's shocking. I mean, 57. Uh, Polpo, he was responsible for Spuntino, Polpo and Brutto, uh, small eateries in London. Um, he, he's tragically died of cardiac arrest. Black Friday is more like Slack Friday, says The Sun. Did anyone, did you get your bargains in? Did anyone get your bargains in? Uh, drop off in stampedes for bargains. Malls and high streets mainly quiet. Uh, and they, to illustrate this fact, in the middle there, look, you've got 2019, huge queue outside JD Sports. And 2023, outside Vodafone, just a couple of balloons. Uh, but apparently it's madness at HMV because the HMV store has reopened on Oxford Street. I might go back there for old time's sake. Could do a little nostalgic trip back to HMV. What do you say? I loved HMV. I, 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 the excitement of buying a, a 12-inch from HMV. You go all the way into Oxford Street just to do that. Wow. Lorraine Kelly, she's a body shamer, apparently, according to Nigel Farage's team. Um, we've seen his bum a few times. Um, I don't think it's body shaming, is it, to be horrified by a bottom? Is it? Um, Farage's social media team has accused the daytime TV presenter of body shaming. I think this is, I think, wanting to try and use a bit of language that perhaps they'd never thought they'd be, have the opportunity to use. Um, I thought he was a hell of a lot. Uh, what did she say? <laughs> Lorraine said, I thought he was a hell of a lot older than that. That is astonishing. You get the face you deserve. Thankfully, you really do. Okay, so body shaming. Uh, Nigel Farage, do you think every should, is it all right to laugh at someone's bottom <coughs> if it's on telly? Nikki Bull, I think HMV is back because of the surge in records people are buying now. I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. An analog resurgence, absolutely. Uh, we should not have to see that, says Bonnie Delaney. Well, let's cover his, let's cover him up then with your with your statement. Um, oh, Sarah Winton, HMV do a lot of retro stuff. He's desperate for airtime, says Steph Schultz, though, was honest about it. Oh, okay, yeah. I really choked, I think Natasha Milchin's saying there. Dawny Harvey makes a really important point. Oh, Ellery Jones, I've seen his bottom twice now. Good God, where was the other time? Um, it depends, says Dawny Harvey, on if it's a hairy bottom. It's a good point, and that's an important detail. Well done. Thanks, Dawny. Is the BB, 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 BBC for real? It's dealt with rape, medical emergencies, and coronavirus over the last 23 years, but the latest episode of BBC One's Doctors... Uh, uh, became obsessed with the, uh, the plot line involving furries. Does anyone here know a furry? I think this is the sort of sexual furry enjoyment of dressing up as animals. I don't, is it purely sexual? Is it just dressing up as animals? I mean, an obvious kind of career choice for these is, is mascots. Um, I certainly know that one of the, I'm, I'm pretty sure one of the Teletubbies was quite, you know, you know, a bit frisky. Um, does anyone know? If, oh, Gabrielle, do they sell cassettes at HMV? Isn't it funny? Something that I remember thinking in the 80s. These are hideous. I want a cassette now. Now you've made, made me want a cassette. Never heard of that. I'm so innocent, Sadie C. Don't go near it. The only thing you need to worry about is Care Bears. These are Bear Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Furries. Uh, garden two hours to grow happiness. People who garden for at least two hours a week are happier and have better mental health. There you go, Nanny Di. Let's get you in the garden. 
I kind of knew that. I mean, it's true. Being serious for a minute, it really, it just takes you out of your head. It puts you in your fingers. You're dealing with something which is essential, which is life. Um, uh, Reese, I used to do all my Christmas shopping at the H&V on Oxford Street. Mate, same here, same here. Um, you can buy cassettes now. I was shocked, says Nikki Bull. Uh, I, when I ordered Taylor Swift's latest album, cassettes were an option. How'd you play them, though? <laughs> we've, got, we've got an old cassette player over there. Uh, oh, this is a curious one. Um, let's just remove that. Sorry, Nikki. Uh, uh, gone to us. Film companies at war over the right to revive Cushing, uh, Peter Cushing. His image was recreated for Rogue One. Uh, but apparently there's a company that says he signed over his AI digital kind of uh, sort of, I don't know, ownership to them. So they're suing Lucasfilm and Star Wars for £200,000 for using him, using his face. I suppose they're just hoping that, you know, Lucasfilms will just go, oh, for God's sake, 200000 just give them it. Uh, Peter Cushing. This kind of goes to the heart, though, of what the strike was about. You know, should they be able to use your face once you're dead? Well... We'll find out. The, what about this? This is crazy. The incredible rise of the undersea aging of champagne. I kid you not. Look at this. Um, this is uh, this is based on a they divers found two something like forty-seven bottles of Verve Clicquot in a wreck in eighteen twenty-nine. They used a microscopic syringe to extract some. For so it'd been down there for something like one hundred and seventy years, deep sea aging. I love this story, sort of thing. And the wine expert tasted it. Just one droplet, he said, squirted from a micro syringe. And he said this, I have never tasted such a wine in all my life. The aroma stayed in my mouth, mouth for three or four hours after tasting it, probably because it tasted as seaweed. But anyway, apparently, so now, now wine connoisseurs are thinking they're going to bottle up wines and they're going to age them in the ocean. Crazy, isn't it? Science. Love this shit. Fancy a bauble? Blue Friday, Tory party bargains in all styles, except Sunak and Truss. Uh, you can buy baubles. And that one in the bottom right there has got Margaret Thatcher on it. But you can't get any with Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak on them. I'd quite like a Rishi Sunak character bauble, wouldn't you? One that just hangs. With him kind of, you know, carrying two plates of Wagamama's or something. Try to imagine the cost of one of those bottles. That's a good point. Let me see how much it says. Does it say? Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Um, does it say the cost? No. Oh. Yeah, no. Yes, li listen to this. So originally they were going to be valued at 15,000 euros, the bottle of Verve Clicquot that's been at the bottom of the sea for 170 years. But once they tasted it, once a pisshead got in there with his micro syringe and had a great, a great old hit, it now is valued at 150,000. But when would you open it? I mean, when, you know, in what set of circumstances are you going to say, oh, let me just pop downstairs and get the 170 year old shipwreck aged champagne Verve Clicquot? Who'd like a glass? If I had it, I'd only give it to people in micro syringes. I'd be like, yeah, you can have a drop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you wouldn't want to, I mean, come on. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to give it to anyone, would you? Um, yeah. So would you? Would you get a bauble? Angela Rayner bauble? What, what politician would you like a bauble? And Nadia would like a Mick Lynch, I think. And just well, that could just be round and bald, couldn't it? A bald bauble. I don't know. Iceberg bigger than London exits Antarctic. It's had enough. This iceberg's had enough of the Antarctic, and he's on the move. He wants to. He wants to go. He wants to go travelling. <coughs> he's going to go and film a travelogue. 
in I don't know uh, Argentina or something. I, this this is kind of worrying. This is this is the largest one of the largest iceberg or the biggest iceberg. It's moving. It's on the move. It covers an area bigger, twice the area of Greater London. But listen to this. I think there's a really good idea here for the Tories. I think within a matter of minutes, someone somewhere is going to go, I know what, we could put all of our asylum seekers on the iceberg. Big solution. Anyway, there's your image of the iceberg leaving leaving Antarctica. Uh, this is a sweet story. This is literally a toy story. Oh, no, it isn't. This is alien particle heads. This is the story yesterday uh, that I was talking about of an alien particle that heads heads that baffled boffins have found a rare and extremely high energy particle falling to Earth, sparking claims of extraterrestrials. It comes from a place, I think I mentioned it yesterday, called the local void. Didn't even know there was such a thing. Monkey left on train by boy. Um, Three is back home 600 miles. This is like literally, as it says below, this is really sweet. This is a toy story. It's a toy story. Have you ever lost a toy? Who's, left, who's lost a toy? I don't, mum, if you're watching or if you watch this today, I know you're going to be here tomorrow. Where did my little teddy go? I need an answer. Okay, so this monkey, how this has made the press, I don't know. But anyway, this monkey, look at this journey it took. It was not quite the journey from deepest, darkest Peru, says the piece. Uh, a cuddly toy belonging to a toddler from Bristol has been reunited after a solo train journey covering 600 miles and two countries uh, over 24 hours. When they say two countries, I think they mean Scotland and England. But he's been reunited. And look, there is this teddy with a little kind of national rail symbol on it. Isn't that squeak? Squeak? Isn't that squeak? Pick of the bunch. What's the, what's the top... Guitar riff of all time, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Let's have a look at the full list, shall we? At the top there, Purple Rain, Purple Rain, Sultans of Swing, Smoke on the Water, Money for Nothing and Your Chips for Free. Is that right? You Really Got Me, You Really Got Me Going. Beat It, Michael Jackson, Every Breath You Take, uh, Walk This Way and Sweet Home Alabama. Um, yeah. Guitar riff. What about the one on uh, TFI Friday? Who was that? Is that Ocean Colour scene? Not so Merry Christmas, guys. Retailers expect boom in alcohol-free tipples. Jesus, it's catching on, not drinking. Um, Eric Clapton, Faith Goodman, Dire Straits, Nicky Ball, Thin Lizzy, Edward Bevington, Smoke on the water, good ship lollipop. Good news for the little boy, though. You're absolutely right. Not so Merry Christmas. Retailers expect boom and alcohol-free uh, tipples. Supermarkets are preparing for the highest ever demand on in low or no alcohol alternatives this December and have ordered in extra stock. Look, I've been sober 19 years. And all I feel about that story is, is how fucking boring. If you can drink sensibly, drink sensibly. But if you can't, don't. Or moderate. Uh, Dawny Harvey, I left my teddy in a caravan. We were halfway home. My dad gave me a fruit bonbon sweet to compensate. Did it work? Now you've got me thinking about bonbons. Are they the dusty ones that go chewy? Oh, mate. I think I saw some of them in the shop the other day, and I thought, oh, could my teeth cope with those still? Um, you might have seen in the... Anyone here from Stockton? I do apologise. You can't be merry unless you're pished. No, you can. I'm proof. Me and Toffee haven't touched an alcohol, a drop of alcohol in years. I mean, she's eaten too many Easter eggs for some reason, but... We, we haven't touched a drop of alcohol and we're the most festive there are. Purple rain, purple rain. 
I think we saw the little ad. We did a reaction, Cloder. Was it in there? Was there a new little ad? Oh, don't tell me there's a little ad. A new little ad. Is, are there new ads? Have new ads landed? I've got four ads that we need to do. I want to say ad once more. Nothing wrong with Prince Ellery. I love Prince. Um, Stockton. Anyone from Stockton? No, no one's from Stockton. Okay, front of the star. Stockton. It's a Garden of Eden. This is after, I think, was it James Cleverly said Stockton? What a shithole. He was caught on off. He was caught on the microphone, I think, in the House of Commons when someone was talking about Stockton and poverty and the extraordinary difficulty of living there. He said it's because it's a shithole. Uh, yeah, look, said to have called a shithole top Tory, uh, but uh, the Star is is pushing back on that, saying it's a verit- veritable paradise. Uh, you can buy a pint of beer for around three quid. It has the widest high street in the whole of England. Hang on, widest, right? And even TV star Bob Mortimer worked there once. Slagged off town. <laughs> Slagged off town. Really a three-pound pint paradise. So really, for anyone who is drinking uh, and isn't going to be buying, you know, uh, alcohol-free stuff, uh, head to Stockton. Said to have. Said to have said. We all heard him. You're absolutely right, YouTube. Yeah, we heard you. We heard what you said about Stockton. As I've just said, tis the season to ditch sherry. That's good, isn't it? But look at this. I wanted to home in on this. Time to pig out. I'm really annoyed that we missed this, Dina. Dina, the Aldi little supermarket queen. What is that? It's not a Catherine wheel. It's the biggest pig in blanket measuring a whopping 20 feet. I would have liked to have sunk my teeth into that. Oh, my God. You wait until you see the pigs in blankets in our taste test this year. This t- the taste test this year doesn't disappoint. I can assure you of that. Um, there you go. Do you like a pig? Is it a pig in blanket? Am I right in thinking? Isn't there supposed to be... <coughs> I'm getting a dry throat. Isn't there meant to be a prune? Aren't you meant to have a prune and a pig in a blanket? I'm pretty sure there's a prune involved somewhere. Uh, Jongs of praise. Right, guys. This story, North Koreans have to sing a wise Kim hymn. Dictator Kim Jong-un has immortalized himself in a hymn. And I thought we could sort of, I don't know, experiment, spitball. Uh, the lyrics, uh, with the lyrics here, sing along with lyrics, hymn of General Kim Jong-un. Our general is the wisest of 10 million. Our general cultivates the best paradise with the power of love for our everlasting happiness. His name is General Kim Jong-un. Sing with me. Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. His name is General Kim Jong-un. There you go. I think think it's a catchy ode to Tiny Tyrant, as the headline says there. (laughs) Catchy catchy ode to Tiny Tyrant. Uh, On which note, uh, just briefly, the Daily Telegraph says, these six different types of people are going to decide who's going to win the next election. Now, before I show you them, try and see who you think you fit in as, because I couldn't identify with any of them. So these are the people who are going to decide who runs this country. It's you're going to be either M&S Mike, <laughs> NHS Nikki, Toyota Tony, Stop the Boat Steve, Retiring Rita, or Remainer Ruth. And what's quite telling there is not a single person of colour. So basically, yeah. I, I can't identify with any of them. Maybe a little bit with Remainer Ruth. But I look, cycling is important for the environment. But I, being a Londoner and having driven in London, I'm going to say it. And I, you can shoot me down the flames. I can't fucking stand cyclists in London. It's a pain in the ass. Um, 
Uh, and finally, some pictures here. So if you're listening, you now have to pull over somewhere safely or stop what you're doing, take your earbuds out and watch. Just watch. Pay attention. Okay? Um, we talked about this yesterday. Wonky Christmas tree is like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, says Council. We saw it yesterday, but there's a better photo here. That's it. Wow. You wouldn't want to be on the other side of it. Look how absolutely no one is noticing it. But I thought it was a, it was a good opportunity to look at some other shit uh, Christmas trees. Uh, Blackpool, that's a shit one. Uh, they had to issue a statement insisting a tree outside Greg's was alive when residents were questioning it. This is one in Yorkshire, which uh, they ran out of decorations halfway up. This one had to be uh, replaced. This was the one. No, it wasn't replaced. This was the one from Norway. Critics described it as half dead last year or two years ago. Um, and this one uh, in Dundee, they had to replace it. It was so threadbare. What an absolute shit show that is. And a couple of, uh, look, oh, there we go. Caption, caption opportunity. I'm going to be popping this on the um, community page. Jerks and twerks. What are they doing? Why are they doing it? And at what point did James Hunt say, yeah, all right, I'll bend over like that. Uh, here's a photograph, Peterborough Cathedral, this is beautiful, illuminated by The Manger, a multi-sensory display by visual and audio art collaboration, Luxemuralis. And now, three photographs as we wrap up here, for you to make you feel all cosy and, and cuddly and lovely. Look at that. Two reindeer. Look at that. In Svalbard, Norway. I can relate to them. Uh, do watch Vlogmas. I'm gonna go, I go out rutting. I'm going to be rutting this year. So it's the, it's the year of rutting. That's what this year is. Uh, Jumbo pool party. What a fabulous, fabulous fella he is. Young elephant trumpets in approval. And this, I had to show you this. This is a Shiba Inu. Do you know what a Shiba Inu is? Does anyone know what a Shiba Inu is before I, I show it? Tell me what a Shiba Inu is and then I'll show you it. Does anyone know a Shiba Inu? Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu. You ready? I'm going to show you this. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, look at him. Oh my God, look. The Shiba Inu originates from Japan's mountainous Chubu region, which may explain, as it says here, why Arashi, that's the name of this little fella, posed up by Cat Race 38 isn't averse to ski gold. Oh my God, if that's not an image to take you into the weekend feeling just happy, I don't know what is. Look at him, I just want to give him a high five. Guys, seriously, thanks for joining me here. Thanks for sitting with me. Thanks for tolerating me, because no one else will. Um, have a lovely day. As I say, lots landing. Um, Curly Cook's Madness is landing on the channel shortly. Um, have fun with that. And uh, Weekly Rushes and uh, No Name Sunday Show tomorrow. And uh, oh, and First Taste of Christmas is coming. <laughs> anyway, guys, have a seriously lovely Saturday. I hope it stays nice and sunny wherever you 